welcome to episode 18 of the Triathlete Hour. I'm Kelly O'Mara, your host and editor-in-chief of Triathlete Magazine. This week, we're talking to Lauren Brandon, the uber swimmer, Ironman Boulder champion, and many-time favorite among the pros. Uh, Known for her smile and fast swim, Lauren talks to us this week about how she's been up and down during all this COVID crisis, what she's doing, her tips for getting faster at swimming, and how she went from being a very newbie on the bike, terrified of U-turns, to one of the best uh, Ironman athletes out there. And first up, we actually talked to just a regular age group triathlete. Guy Kornblum joins us from San Francisco to chat about the Ironman VR races, what he's liking. He's done eight of them. What works, what doesn't. And, you know, some tips for you if you want to try the new Challenger and Championship divisions. All that after a short break. This episode of the Triathlete Hour is sponsored by Shimano Pedaling Dynamics. When Shimano introduced the SPD system back in 1990, it was the first clipless pedal and shoe designed specifically for off-road riding. Back then, Shimano's SPD combo delivered on everything mountain bikers needed, things all riders have now come to rely on. In a testament to how good that original design was, it has not fundamentally changed since 1990. SPD pedals have seen many refinements over the years, but the cleat design and interface are the same now as they were then. 30 years later, SPD is still considered the standard against which clipless pedals are judged. Mountain bikers, triathletes, road cyclists, gravel riders all benefit from SPD's easy entry and exit, stable and efficient pedaling platform, and comfortable, secure connection to the bike. Shimano SPD, the first and still the best. All right, so this week we're talking to Guy Kornblum, just a regular athlete, right? Like, nothing fancy. Um, No, he's a... regular triathlete with the Olympic club. And we're talking to him because I wanted to get the everyday perspective on the Ironman VR races. And guy, I understand you've done, gosh, how many doesn't all of them. Uh, uh, that would be a little, little crazy, but I've done eight (laughs) of them so far. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, they've, they've all been different. And and I, I actually started with the, uh, uh, number two. So I missed the first one. And, and, you know, I feel like Ironman basically just, they 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 they've progressed from the the first couple of races to where they are now but they were just kind of figuring stuff out and throwing it out there to see if stuff would catch For um, sure. which which has been pretty cool but um so there's been kind of a, a a development of the whole program and um i think more and more people are starting to do them seeing that you know there, there may not be any legitimate races for the foreseeable future right um, and you, so I know you started triathlon a couple of years ago and, you know, you were getting more and more serious. And so why did you decide to kind of start doing the VR races this year? I mean, besides the fact that, you know, there are no races in real life right now because you're in San Francisco. So there really are no races in real life. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much locked down. Right. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I'm very, very new to the sport. Only a couple of years. Uh, 2020 was going to be my year. It was going to be my like cool breakout <laughs> year. I had, I had, uh, a couple 70.3s planned Santa Rosa, Oceanside, and then I was going to do Escape after that. I turned 40 in April. I was just like, I had this master plan put together for this year. <laughs> and uh, I started working with a coach, uh, Dwayne Franks from Trifinity Endurance, uh, who's been amazing. It was just going to be perfect. And, uh, you know, COVID hit, saw the writing on the wall that a lot of these races were going to get canceled. Um, and uh, and basically, I think two days before the shutdown out here, I went over to sports basement and, and, and bought a smart trainer, just seeing that, uh, I, I think I need, was going to do more indoor workouts and need something to kind of keep me going. Um, so that was in March. Um, and, uh, and I really, really enjoyed working out in, indoors and actually my neighbors who were avid cyclists kind of scared me. They, uh, they stopped riding outdoors and, um, uh, I was asking why they weren't riding. I thought they were scared of, you know, getting, you know, getting COVID Sick, and right. they actually said they were scared of crashing. Um, right. Cause you and, didn't want to have uh, to go to the hospital. To the hospital. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so I basically like decided I wasn't going to ride outside at all. So <laughs> actually for three months, I didn't go outside on a bike. Um, but, uh, but about a month after I bought the trainer, I started getting emails about the VRs, uh, just signed up for one to see what it was like. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, it was like the classic division, which there's, there's only one division, but, um, basically that you have three days to, you know, to bang out a certain distance of a, of a duathlon, basically two runs and a bike. So, um, you know, right. 
it, there's not a lot of rules. It's just like track it and submit it and, you know, go from there. And um, it was a cool experience. Very cool experience. Just like to give you something to focus on. Yeah, so you mentioned it. So obviously when it started, that was how it worked. There wasn't a lot of w- rules. Like I remember trying to just put something out there and it was pretty straightforward. It was like, just do it, right? Like do it however yeah. you want. Yeah. There isn't really a lot of regulation on this. And then they introduced a new division, which they were calling the Challenger division, right? Yep. And so then, yep. so what, and you've tried all of them now, because now there's the classic division, there's the Challenger division, which has some rules. And then yep. there's the championship series, which yep. if you want to qualify for a spot for 70.3 Worlds, you have to do the championship series, right? So can you tell, like, if you've done all of it, tell me what you see as the difference. Does it work? Does it feel more fair in the challenger division? Like, what are the pros yeah, and cons? So I, I would say the, the, what it's now the open division, which is, or the classic division, which is just anybody with any type of tr- tracking can submit a, a sign up and submit. And, and by the way, the, one of the cool things that Ironman did was they, they made all these free. Right. So, you know, I, I think a lot of even people who have probably never done a triathlon or a duathlon before have probably signed up to try one of these things, which is actually really smart on their part. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the, the, the classic divisions, any anything goes, um, no regulations whatsoever. The Challenger came out, um, I think like week seven or eight, um, you right. know, a, a little more competitive. Uh, they had some regulations on. Um, on uh on you know certain parts of the race so let's say uh, i think the uh the run had to be outside the runs had to be outside um that was the big rule and then the bike could be on a trainer in inside on ruby um who they partnered up with or uh or he could go outside and do a, a bike ride outside um so that was like the big difference in the challenger um right because the idea yeah. was there were some issues with like treadmill calibrations and like trainer calibration. So if you had it on Ruby, I think the logic was they like kind of have partnered enough with Ruby that they kind of can verify that algorithm. Or if you do it outside, like we know it's outside. It is a GPS. It yep. is what it is. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that was cool because I felt like I, I actually took it a lot more seriously when they came out with okay. that one and, and, uh, pl- you know, plan for it a little more. But, you know, until I think week or the VR 10, 11 or something like that, they weren't publishing like a schedule for the next couple months. Right. It was like on you finish a race on Sunday, they pu- publish the results. And then Monday they, they sent out the, the distance for the next one. Um, so if it was like a it's like a 70.3 and you just worked hard on a, a you know, Olympic <laughs> distance, it was probably not the best idea to like try to compete the next weekend unless you're a professional <laughs> athlete and you can, right. you know, you can compete hard every week. Definitely something I couldn't do. So, um, uh, and, and, uh, the one other thing that, that changed with the championship that, uh, we can discuss is they give you three days to do the, do the race. So the, the classic and the, the challenger division, you basically can start on Friday and you have to finish by Sunday night. Um, so you don't necessarily need to dedicate a whole day to doing a longer race or, uh, doing them back to back to back with, with quick transitions. There's a, you know, they give you a little bit, a little bit of time to do it. Um, uh, so yeah, that was the major difference with the challenger. And then, and then a couple weeks after that, they announced the championship series. Right. And um, that there are rules about, you have to do it in order and you have to do each leg within a certain time. Right. So it is a, there's also like rules around around that, like yeah. what you just mentioned, right? They, they tightened the range you, to even to sign up. You had to have already done a, an Ironman mm-hmm. sponsored or an Ironman 70.3 or full Ironman, um, uh, an actual race, not a, not a, a virtual race. So I think, I think uh, you could have done, they'd wanted, you could have done one of their virtual races or a race in real life. You just had to have some kind of record with them because I they want to yeah. create okay. the idea is they're calling it like a virtual biological passport right um yep. so they yeah, can you know check to make sure you didn't suddenly get a lot faster one week yes right yes um and then they also tighten the reins on the timeline so it was a 12-hour timeline so you can mm-hmm. do it whenever you wanted to over the weekend but you've 12 hours to do it um which i think is it's a lot more realistic again you know that's one of the my my the in terms of strategy for these races it's it's a different strategy completely first of all you know there's no swim um which <laughs> 
is one of my favorite parts. It's the it's the the part of triathlon that makes it you know such a uh, an alluring sport because you, usually you're going to these cool locations and the swims are you know in a, a rough water or in lakes ponds whatever. But um, you know it's it's the it's the kind of extreme part of the of the race. Um, so so that's definitely missing from these, but. Um, I think uh, I'm guessing they're going to try that soon because I did see this weekend the pro race, which obviously is like way more regulated and has like a lot more technology behind it. They did put a swim on it because it was everybody in Boulder. And so I don't know where I think I don't know if they like went out to the reservoir or something and got everyone in the water. And I know they're trying to play around with how would we do a virtual swim because GPS for swimming is not awesome. No, no um but yeah so so there is no swim so obviously that's but there's other strategy things you're saying that that you have to take into account if you want to be serious because the thing about the championship series was if you do i think you had to do three of the four because it was like your best three counted then those three would count towards earning a 70.3 spot to worlds in new zealand like in real life not virtually yes so you have to take it seriously if you want to you know do good right yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I try, I, I kind of gave my best effort on, I, I signed up for that. Uh, I did one Olympic realized I couldn't do the mandatory 70.3 the next weekend. So right. I didn't actually qualify, but, uh, uh, I was like, I took it very seriously. I mean, I was planning everything out. I also was like, you know, in terms of strategy for this one, you have to like, so you do, you do your, your quick run, you do your ride and then you do the long run. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was do, with, with no transitions, you, you actually can like, you can do a little warm up run before your actual short run, <laughs> then a cool down run. Then you can hop on the bike and warm up for 10, 15 minutes before you actually start tracking your Ruby okay. uh, course uh, on the trainer. Then you can cool down on the bike. You can probably take some time, eat some food. I, I didn't let myself cool off completely, but like, you know, you, you don't have to plan everything. You can kind of chunk it out. And then when I went out to do my long run, I actually warmed up for a, you know, a half mile stretch before I took off on my final run. So, there's, it's again, it's a little different strategy than just banging out, you know, a quick transition and hopping into the next uh, segment. But uh, but again, still very you, you get the sense of competition, you, you know, in the, the championship series. I, I mean, I took it very seriously um, and, uh, and I had a, I had a great result, actually, on on the one race I did. Um, and, and I got like I think I got like 55th in the world in my age group. Um, so I was very proud of that. Um, just you know, uh, you know, being like over 200 pounds, I'm a big, big, tall guy. I'm usually not very competitive with, with some of the faster triathletes. So that was like a cool thing for me, but, um, but yeah, it's just a different strategy and a different type of event. And also, you know, uh, they make you do the, uh, the bike on a Ruby, um, right. on a Ruby app on a, on a, an approved trainer, not all trainers are approved. Oh, okay. Um, and then the run you have to, both runs, you have to have, have to do them outside and you have to, um, you have to have a net elevation gain, no yeah. net elevation losses. So, um, so you actually have to plan out your route pretty well to make sure you're not, if you're on a flat course, that you're not, you know, one foot below, uh, you know, of loss in the right. whole race. Doesn't count. So, okay. little things like that just involve some some planning of your own, um, which is it's it's still fun. It's like strategizing and planning, and um, you know, it's it's all part of the uh, the experience. I think right, which and is then- quite different. Those are some very good rules to know. And I think we're going to write out kind of some of those rules for people to know if they want to get into it so that they can kind of make sure they plan ahead. And I'll be sure to like link to that in our show notes. The other thing you mentioned there was the Ruby platform. You have to do the bike if you want to qualify for a 70.3 spot or, you know, be in the championship series on Ruby. Tell us a little bit about a lot of people use Swift. A lot of people use Trainer Road. Ruby is very popular in Europe, but it is like just starting to catch on in North America. How does it work? How do you like it? How uh, how difficult was it to figure out? You know, it's it's interesting because I I the thing I love about Ruby is the, what kind of um, uh, what made me start using Ruby before uh, Ironman even you know uh, kind of uh, joined forces with them is is the you know these just like Full Gas, which is another like um, you know platform. They have these amazing video rides okay. that you know I I could. On Saturday morning, hop on the trainer early and with a, a decent, you know, iPad in front of me, feel like I was in the Alps climbing hills <laughs> or it just these like amazing 2K video rides that, you know, it, I mean, it takes a little bit of imagination. But if you've got a, the right trainer set up, 
you feel like you're in this a, a cool exotic place doing some world world renowned climbs or rides. Um, so so that's what that's what drew me to to Ruby over like a more of like a video game like Zwift. Right. Um, and uh, and then you know. Then, then Iron Man started doing the races with Ruby, and and they were putting out actual courses or courses that uh, people have raced on in the past. Um, and then th- with Ruby, it's called uh, augmented reality because they actually start adding stuff into the video. So mm-hmm. they add, you know, they can add your avatar. So just like Zwift, you see a little your icon pedaling in front of you. You see other people passing you on the course, or you passing people. Um, and then they also put up like, uh, you know, segment banners. They put up advertising. Um, they make it feel a little more like a race course than, um, you know, you're just just, you know, biking a, a outdoors somewhere. Oh, wow. um, it's it's still I, I feel like there's a they, they have a long ways to go. They're getting there. But uh, it, it's it's been pretty cool. Um, and the other thing is you can I think you can actually just hop into Ruby when the pros are doing their race. Right. And like. And like tag along with them, right? Yeah, you try to tag along with them, but I mean, you kind of race with anybody. So, so that's kind of cool too. So, um, I think it's the best of both worlds between like a Zwift and like just video rides, Mm -hmm. um, having this, like this augmented reality, uh, avatar in there racing, which has been, been pretty cool. Okay. And are there any tips you would give to like the other, you know, athletes out there who want to try this out, who haven't gotten set up yet? Um, yeah, I, uh, well, let's see, um, any tips? I mean, I, I think a lot of people are, I, I mean, you're going to try this weekend. So I, I am. Think I'm going to try and get it set up. Like yeah. It, but, um, you know, I basically like, I, because ocean, I wasn't, wasn't going to do Oceanside. I took the money I was going to spend traveling to Oceanside, shipping my bike, paying for the race, hotel, everything else. And I went out and bought a trainer and it <laughs> seems like it, there's a barrier to entry. I mean, it's, it costs like a grand to get a decent trainer and you know, that, that sucks. But I mean, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to take this thing seriously or you just want to have some fun, like it is cool. It's really a really cool experience. So, um, I think there's a lot of good trainers out there. You don't have to get a certain brand. Um, there's a bunch of good brands out there, Mm -hmm. but, um, and there's a bunch of free trials for all these platforms, but, um, you do like 30 day trial on, on any of them. So you get to kind of test everything out before you, you know, decide to commit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cool experience. It's safer than riding outside. (laughs) You can challenge yourself with with uh, you know races or or climbs or whatever, and um, overall a pretty amazing experience. Um, the one thing I was going to say though, when when we were talking about um, uh, you know the 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 championship division and with Ironman, and you think it's fair and right. uh, you know er- everything else, I think there's definitely always ways to like game the system when mm-hmm. you're not being when someone's not watching you race. So. I mean, I, I did a I did a, a run where I, I had to do a 5K for one of the the virtual races, and I actually planned. There's a bunch of wind that day, so I actually went out and warmed up and went out and did the whole run with a tailwind. And you know, it's just like I'm just gonna. I, I PR'd my like 5K run run. So I mean, it's like there's little ways to game the system. And in Ruby, I mean, you can change your weight in Ruby. Right. Um, all of a sudden, you're faster. You can change the weight of your bike, and you're faster. I mean. I think Iron Man posted something about, you know, if, if we suspect you're, you know, weight doping. Yeah. Yeah. You're doping. They're going to, they have the right to investigate whatever that means, but you know, it, it's fair enough. And if people want to cheat, they're going to cheat. Um, but I think for 99% of us, you know, being able to compete in a, in a time where you really can't compete, um, do normal races. Um, it, it's awesome. It's re- it's a really cool experience. And, you know, if you haven't tried it, it's, it's definitely worth trying. Um, and, uh, you know, even just the classic division with, with, uh, with Ironman, just get out there and give it a shot. So, cool. yeah, that, that'd be my take on, you know, whether it's fair or not. Yeah. I mean, it is very complicated. We talked a few weeks ago and I'll include this link too, guys, uh, to the guy who's the number one Zwift rider in the world. So the de- when you're at that level, there are a lot of details involved in making sure it is very, very fair, but for the vast majority of us, we're not at that level. We're not, it's not yep. a worry. Um, and, and the larger thing that Iron Man is doing and that Swift's doing uh, to a degree is this notion that if you do something that stands out, that is not in keeping with what you've been able to do in the past, it will flag it. Right. And they will be like, Hey, can we see that power file that you say you did? Um, So, you know, that's, that's out there. That's an option, but guys, you're only cheating yourself. Really? I mean, that's really, Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you could also send your like, you know, really fast runner buddy out to do your right. runs for you. Really wanted to. I mean, there, there's ways to do it, but that defeats the purpose of of this whole thing and the spirit of of what's going on in the world and in the spirit of you know just fair competition. So for sure, uh, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, guy, and uh, and good yeah. luck with with the rest of the races. There is a whole schedule now too. You don't have to just guess every weekend. So you know, yep. plan yep. out your whole virtual season. That's very cool. Well, I really appreciate you having me on and, and fun to be on and wish you nothing but the best. And, and definitely uh, hit me up if you want to get that trainer set up or you need any help. This episode of the Triathlete Hour is supported by Shimano SPD Pedals and Shoes. Shimano SPD offers durable performance with easy entry and exit, a stable and efficient pedaling platform, and a secure, comfortable connection to your bike. When the SPD system was introduced 30 years ago, it was the first clipless pedal and shoe designed specifically for off-road riding. While it had everything mountain bikers needed back then, the Shimano SPD has since become the standard that riders of all kinds now depend on. The first and still the best pedal system whenever your riding hits the dirt. All right, this week we're welcoming Lauren Brandon. I mean, I feel like swim course record holder everywhere, right? Ironman Boulder course record holder winner. Uh, very nice person. Isn't that what you're known for? <laughs> uh, hopefully. <laughs> so I, all good things. All good things. I saw on your Instagram, though, you were like, guys, a race is going to happen this year. And then you didn't like the the answers you got. People were like, no, races. And so now you're kind of up and down on, on this. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, when March happened and we saw, okay, like, we're all going to be inside for a while. Maybe there will be races July, August. So I kind of had like a down period, not feeling great about life. But then things started opening back up. Cases were getting a little bit better. And so I kind of got into like a new groove of training. And then I feel like in the past 10 days, all of a sudden, no, it just hasn't been great. And I'm thinking no races. So, yeah, it's uh, I think especially kind of these past couple of weeks, I felt like it's March all over again and just not feeling great about the world. But I think you know. a lot of I mean, I saw like Lindsay Corbin say, I think a lot of the pros are having kind of these ups and downs, right, where you're like really optimistic and like, OK, and I think you were going to do St. George. Right. And then yeah. and then you kind of go into a down spiral. Right. Like that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's so all over the place. And I think it's for most people, right? Not just um, triathletes. You just have some days where, man, it's like, what's the point? I don't want to do anything. <laughs> like, the world is terrible. I'm just going to stay inside, watch TV. But then you have these other days where I feel like I'm actually productive. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, let's try and, I don't know, do something that's <laughs> going to make me feel better about life. But yeah, it is. Um, certainly a roller coaster yeah and so you obviously were gonna do i think saint george and then probably kona and so now kind of what have you been doing instead have you been doing virtual challenges you've been coming up with your own are you chasing qoms is that <laughs> no <laughs> so i feel like i'm kind of um you know you see some pros that are very excited about doing challenges all the time right and just like training so hard I'm just not really that person, I guess. I don't know if it's, I've been in sport for so long, like, you know, I've been training for 30 years, whether it was swimming right. or triathlon. So maybe I'm not as excited and gun ho to, to do all that. But um, my coach, Julie Dibbins, did contact us a few weeks ago. And she was like, hey, like, I think it'd be great to do this 1000k bike week. And I think you and Barrett, my husband, should go out there for it. So we went to Boulder and did this thousand K bike week, which was way over my current fitness level. Am but, I trying uh, to do this 600 miles ish? Yeah. It's okay. like 620, I think. And, um, but it ended up, you know, we're with friends, which was great. Cause you don't really get to see many people anymore. And we got to travel from home, which was amazing. We're so used to traveling and not doing that's been tough. So I don't know. I felt like even, even though we rode our bikes 30 hours, I still felt like I was kind of on a vacation and actually enjoyed it. So but then I came home and I'm like, all right, now what? I 
don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Oh, no. <laughs> Every day, I'm like, seriously, what am I doing with my life, Barrett? He's like, you're still a tra- pro triathlete. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, try and focus on something new. So now I think, um, you know, Park City obviously has great run trails around here. And that's kind of my new favorite thing. So they're doing um, a marathon. Uh, on the trails and they're giving people like the whole month of August to participate in it. So I thought that would be kind of a cool next challenge. Okay. Okay. All right. I like the, uh, I mean, we were joking about if there are no triathlons, are there even triathletes anymore? And I feel like that's where you're at, right? Existentially. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm just, I mean, you're just kind of exercising for no reason. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no. But you guys did move to Park City. So you and your husband, like, packed up your car from Texas, drove to Park City last year. How's that been? What that's like? You had your first winter in forever. I feel like when most people think of Lauren Brandy, you think Texas, but now you're you're a Utah person. Yeah. So I grew up in California and then um, went to school in Nebraska and went back to California for a couple of years for grad school. But then once Barrett and I got married, I was in Texas for I guess a little over 10 years and um, yeah, moving was, I mean, it's definitely a big move, but we were both excited. We were both kind of ready for a change. And while I was thinking more bolder, so I could be with my coach and some fellow athletes, uh, Barrett got a great job opportunity with Ventum and they had just moved their whole operation to here in Utah. So yeah, we like put our stuff in storage and didn't even have a place to rent. I was like, ah, oh, there's plenty of rentals. We'll figure it out when we get there. Um, just packed up one of our cars and yeah, we showed up. We stayed at Dia's house, the owner of Ventum for two nights and then found a place to rent, like a fully furnished place to rent. <laughs> was there for six months and then finally like moved into another place um, with our own stuff, which is good. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been a huge change. Like Winter, I think we got our first snow in like September, October, which is just crazy. And I think we got our last snow in June. So, I mean, it's a really long winter. Fortunately, (laughs) I enjoy riding the trainer and I did that all the time in Texas. So I felt like in terms of training, things didn't change too much on that end. The biggest challenge was definitely the altitude. Um, Right. I'll say like... I may be finally getting used to it a little bit. After but a year? It, okay. okay. Yeah, it's been a, t- been a tough year. <laughs> um, yeah, Julie's just like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I just can't train. <laughs> but okay. um, What is it? It's like 6,000 or 7,000 feet. Yeah, so we've been at like 6,700. Um, and so luckily Ventum's down at 5,500, I think. So I'll go down there sometimes times for like a hard bike workout because it's it's just so hard I think recovering from hard workouts at altitude and um so yeah that's definitely been my biggest uh challenge and I think kind of the second half of last year my races went pretty horribly and uh that's okay I'll be ready for whenever they start again There you go. That's I was telling you we were doing these uh, or we've been doing this best try towns thing where we let people nominate their yeah. towns. We got like 200 nominations. And then we've had like judges si- siphon. What's the word I'm looking for? Going through them. And everyone's yeah. telling me Park City is the next new try destination spot. There you go. I mean, we've really enjoyed it here. Like people are super nice and welcoming and um you know, they have a couple great pools uh, that use some outdoor all year, which is pretty cool. Um, tons of trails. I mean, I never run on the road anymore, which I really enjoy because running is very difficult for me, like mentally. <laughs> and um, so I don't know. I feel like the trails have just made me kind of enjoy running more, which is pretty awesome. And, and biking, especially if you enjoy riding up and down mountains, <laughs> there's a lot, lots of options. And lots of gravel roads. Um, you know, I still, I don't really like descending. So I still have okay. not gone on many of the popular rides here, but maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that'll be the next step, right? After you get used to the elevation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the riding up a mountain and then, but, you know, having someone pick me up so I don't have to descend. You know, like baby steps, right? <laughs> 
And so, okay, so you're you're talking about your bike handling skills, which I want to talk about because obviously you started as a swimmer. Terrible. You started as a swimmer. You had to like learn all of that, and it's kind of funny. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, I mean, you've been training for. Th- you started swimming when you were like five. You were a very yeah. competitive swimmer, like NCAA All American, Olympic trials. Why did you decide to be done? Like, what kind of ended the swimming and the transition to triathlon? Yeah. So. Yep. Competitive summer all my life. Um, you know, got a full scholarship to University of Nebraska, swam there, and the first weekend of college, I actually met my husband Barrett, and he had just gotten his pro card in triathlon. I mean, I had, I don't even think I'd watched a triathlon or really knew much okay. about it. So um, you were like, oh, what is that? What, okay, I know, like, that's a professional triathlete. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, and while he was, he did all the ITU stuff for probably like 10 years. Um, you know, I knew that kind of after my swim career, I would want to try and do triathlons and cause I loved going to the races and watching people. I specifically remember going to Alcatraz to watch and just seeing everyone, like all different ages, sizes, just like everyone doing this triathlon, like a super hard triathlon. And I was so amazed by it. And I felt it was just really cool. It was something that I definitely wanted to be a part of. And so my swim career ended at 2008 Olympic trials. And after that decided to uh, get into try. And, um, so I think my first race was Pacific Grove, uh, yeah. uh in 2009. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I looked this up cause I was like, I think I did it that year. And I had to tell you, Lauren, I think I passed you on the bike while you were like struggling with all of the U-turns. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I definitely remember you from those races. I mean, I think I did it a couple years. Um, but the Pacific, uh, that's like that's a hard a one race. to start with. Cause like it is very bike technical and I think you like, didn't really know how to ride a bike. Right. <laughs> I know I didn't. <laughs> uh, I think I'd been outside like a handful of times. My husband took me on Kenyatta road and um, like going downhill. I was absolutely petrified. I mean, the hill in Pacific road is, <laughs> Not very big, but I remember like so petrified and then, yeah, couldn't grab my my water bottles because I couldn't take my hands off the bar. (laughs) You know, we've, uh, we have gotten better since then. I still, biking is still a challenge for me, like technically for sure. Um, But yeah, still things to work on. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that's really funny though, because that is like, if no one's ever done that course, it's like four laps. There's like eight u-turns like a lot yeah. of turns so it's like a very weird one to start with if you are and the one at the top <laughs> i thought was so narrow i barely made it like i almost went off the road it's like a shit <laughs> was bad so, so what made you be like you know what that was great i want to keep doing this <laughs> well i mean i did have fun okay. um and again like the whole Tri community it was just awesome. I think age groupers went one day, pros went the next right. day. So it was super fun watching the pros. And um, I think I did pretty well, like overall. And so I was like, okay, well, for my first race, I didn't do terribly. Like maybe it's something that I, you know, can get better at. And so that was 2009, 2010. I told myself, I give myself that year to try and get my pro card. Um, and Took me a few races, but then, yeah, finally got my pro card, 2011. Barrett's like, all right, you're going to do ITU because you're a super fast swimmer. Right. So first pro race doing, like, ITU Claremont. I mean, can't, like, mount my bike. <laughs> and riding with a pack was petrifying. Like, some girl crashed next to me. I think I ran the slowest 5K by, I don't know, like, five minutes or something. It was terrible. And I'm like, well, maybe ITU is not the best for me. So... I did like a few here and there, but we kind of concentrated on the non-drafting Olympic. Um, Cause at that time you had lifetime series, right, which right. was awesome. And you had the high V series. So I think I was racing like 20 times a year, just Olympic non-draft and yeah, had a blast at it and, you know, felt like you could just keep racing and trying to get better every weekend. So right, right. how yeah. do you think, I mean, um, it is funny, right? Because I feel like like I did do these same races, and now you're like way faster. How do you think you got so of much course. better? Of course, way faster. How do you think you got so much better? I mean, what um, was it? Just focusing on your biking? Was the I know run injuries are a common problem, you know, coming from swimming. Kind of, what do you think uh, 
helps you progress over the years? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think my aerobic background from swimming definitely has just really helped. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm able, like training isn't a problem for me, you know, like doing the same thing over and over. I mean, I stared at the black line for 20 hours a week. Like this is way more exciting than swimming. (laughs) So I still like think it's so much more fun. Right. Um, So probably one, like I actually love this sport. Like swimming was, I had many years where I just absolutely hated it, but did it because I was good at it. So, um, so that's kind of one thing. I just actually love it. And then I think biking really came around. My husband was my coach for, oh gosh, I think eight years. Hmm. And he just had me, like I was riding the trainer all the time. Um, like my Ironman blocks, sometimes I was doing like 17 hours a week on the trainer and oh god, just like really building up my, I liked it. <laughs> I watched like seasons of Gossip Girl, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think just kind of it took me a while to build up like bike legs, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just kind of worked on that, and then running's definitely been a struggle for sure. Um, I just can't seem to run that much, or else I just get injured. And so we're really focusing on strength work. I have a great strength trainer here in Park City, and um, we're hoping maybe that can kind of help my running and we'll see. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like the volume, especially for swimmers, a lot of times, right? Like the impact volume just can yeah. be a challenge. Yeah. It it really is. Um, like I, like if I try and run over five hours in a week, like I always then have to take some time off. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been super frustrating. Um, I guess that's something I can work on right go. now during this time. See, it's an opportunity, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> the positives of the coronavirus. Um, Lauren working on her running. But um, no, it's, you know, it's going better. I was actually, I had a great kind of winter training. Um, I don't know if running on the treadmill helped for mm-hmm. some reason, but I kind of changed um, how I was running a bit. And when we did our training camp in February, I felt I was running well for me. Um, so yeah, I was kind of bummed then when races were canceled because I felt like, oh, maybe this is going to be the year. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I can't believe your husband coached you for eight years and you guys are still married. How does that work? Like what was, how did, what was the system? Did he like give you workouts? Did you, did you say, no, I'm not going to yeah. do that? Like, no, no. I mean, he gave me workouts and I did them. Um, I think the only time, like legitimately legitimately through temper tantrums was when he tried to get me to ride outside like <laughs> I just didn't want to do it and I, I mean partly I guess where we lived in Texas it wasn't really conducive to the good outdoor riding like especially I wouldn't feel comfortable going out by myself mm. um so you know I mean that was a bit tough so I just always felt like the trainer was better for me but I mean besides that yeah I don't know I guess it just worked and then he was just working like 80, hundred hour weeks. And finally he's like, I, I just can't think about you and <laughs> your training. So he was like, I've gotten you to he- this point. You need a new coach to like get you to the next point in your career. So, um, yeah, we, I was like, Julie Dibbins, we're going to talk to her just kind of, you know, she has the college collegiate swim background. She became super strong biker and, right. you know, she dealt with a lot of run injuries. So, even though, I mean, I fortunately haven't had to have like surgeries or anything like that. She understands like not being able to run much. So, um, she just, I talked to her and was like, all right, let's, let's start on Monday. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> and so, was that, I mean, did you start with her around the same time you kind of moved up in distance? Cause obviously you did kind of start in the ITU Olympic, which makes more sense for a swimmer because the, the swim's yeah. a bigger portion. Like Ironman, you're right. kind of like, oh, that's sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I don't think I really like as I said Barrett was an ITU racer forever so that was kind of the world that I knew I didn't I mean I didn't know anybody who did Ironmans and then I remember uh we went to the Island House Triathlon and you know chatting with the Hortels and a lot more long distance people and so I remember I think it was um 
Kona 2015, like was the first one that I like sat down and watched the whole thing. And I got so excited about it and realized like, oh, wow, Ironman's this huge deal. And um, I mean, at that point, Olympic distance was kind of going away. The non-draft Olympic distance was going away. I was kind of over it and wanted to go at least to do 70.3s. So, um, yeah, I think 2016, we were like, all right, let's do an Ironman. And um, first one I didn't finish, I was in New Zealand, passed out in T2, (laughs) didn't finish. Uh, Just like usual, people, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But then I did Texas the fall, like a couple months later and – Oh, I think I barely got through the marathon. I was injured, not really running, but there it's like, you just have to finish it. Like, right. Doesn't matter. Just finish. And I did. And, um, but then I think, uh, Cozumel 2016 had a great race. And I was like, okay, like, I think I'm more cut out for the longer stuff, just like based on my aerobic system, maybe, hmm. um, than like 70.3. Cause I, I'm never going to be able to run like a 120 or probably never even 125 so you know i think iron man's maybe a little better for me anyway not with that attitude lord <laughs> okay well we're gonna work on that run so. <laughs> all right so you're so watch you're out like, people <laughs> it's funny though that iron man has turned out to be your distance because to most people mm-hmm. like that's just not the swimmer's race like you just spend such a short amount of time like it's a ninth a tenth right like it's just such an immediately you de- get less of a benefit, right? You're only able to put so yeah. much time on people. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it is, but I think there, there's something about the challenge in Ironmans mm-hmm. and trying to get the race right. I mean, mm-hmm. I still I still don't think I've put together kind of the race that I believe I can do because, you know, something always goes wrong. Like right. you feel t- terrible on the bike, you feel terrible on the run or whatever it is. You have GI issues, I don't know, something. And so... I still am like searching for that great Ironman race that it gets me excited still. So, yeah. I mean, you did set like the course record at Boulder, right? So I would think that was like a pretty good Ironman. That was a good one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy with that. You're happy with that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, my run wasn't great there. I wasn't running too much going into that race. So, um, yeah, I still, you know. I want run training to be going well, have a good marathon. Um, I would love to do well at Kona. Right. I've been there three times and has not gone well. So, you know, there's still big goals to to be had. <laughs> you messaged me after one of your Konas that went badly. I got stung by a jellyfish at a race a couple weeks later and dropped out. And you messaged me and you were like, Daniela ruined jellyfish stings for us because she won after getting, but you had had to drop out of Kona by, at, when you got stung like that same day, right? Like apparently the rest of us like can't just win races. Apparently not. I, we're not special. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, I, yeah, I like started going backwards. I mean, I thought I wasn't going to make it through the swim. Like just felt like a piano had dropped it on me and felt so bad. But where were you? Cozumel, yeah, oh, or Cabo, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the jellyfish have yeah, gotten yeah. really bad. Um, there's like it has to do with global warming, whatever. But like, I think yeah. it's happening more and more often to us. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to find some more, uh, some new swim venues. There you go. So that happened <laughs> one year to you at, at Kona. I know another year. I know you had like GI issues and the run and stuff. So I mean, it's a rough day, and I, I would imagine, you exit the water in first, right? You have all these cameras, second, whatever, on Lucy's feed, it's fine. But you have all these cameras and people like screaming at you and you're at the front of the race for like some amount of time. It's got to be crazy, right? Like that's got to be just like really intense and I could could see going too hard on the bike if that was happening. <laughs> well, my first year, I had like a great bike and felt amazing. Like I sat, yes, I sat behind Lucy the entire bike ride. <laughs> Um, I got a mechanical at one point and like had to pull over and they helped me, but I think I was like third off the bike. And so, I mean, it was, so this is my first code. I'm like, wow, this is great. (laughs) Amazing. And then, yeah, I think I started throwing up at like mile 10 and, you know, walking. I think I did finish, but yeah, it was, it was a long marathon out there. Then yeah, year number two got stung by jellyfish. 
got a flat tire. It, like, I mean, halfway through the bike, I knew that I was wasn't going to be finishing. So I got off the bike or I think I got it to T2, got off the bike, went home. And then last year, God, what happened last year? I don't know what's going <laughs> like, like backwards on the bike. I don't even know. I'm going to blame the altitude training. <laughs> But that is an interesting, I mean, you have an interesting dynamic there, right? Where like, because you're going to come out at the front of the race on the swim, you kind of are just trying to hold on to it, right? Like it's different than the people who are, have people to catch the whole time, you know? Right. Right. No, it, it is different because every time you get past, you're like, oh, uh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like demoralizing, like these groups of women passing, you're like, oh, I'm like pedaling backwards. But um you know, the women, I remember last year, I really don't know what was going on in the bike, but you know, the women are so encouraging. They're like, come on, just join the train. I'm like, oh, I can't, like, I'm going backwards. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 Do you ever... racing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think like, do you ever think, do you ever think like about, I don't know, going easier on the swim and, and spending your whole race catching people instead? Like that'd be more fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, it would be more fun. I think, I think it's so much. E I don't want to say easier, but I do think it's easier to kind of when you have people in front of you, right? And they're Mentally, the rabbits, and you're yeah. just trying to like catch them. Yeah, you catch someone, you're like, okay, like let's go to the next person. Um, but you know, well, I guess have different opportunities in our race, and um, you know, I just need to learn to hold on better. Right. You have the opportunity <laughs> to lead wire to wire. So there you go. Right. <laughs> you actually, I think, and I don't remember the, but I remember you posting when you won a race like a couple of years and that you had been a really long time, right? That you actually went a really long time before winning your first pro race and then before winning your next one. And I remember thinking, really? Wow. Like Lauren's really good. Like I didn't even think about it, but that had to have been hard for all those years in between. Like, what do you tell yourself kind of in between to like be like I can do it again I promise yeah um my first pro win I don't know the year I think it was like 2014 it was Memphis in May oh. it was like you know non-draft race but that year they did um it was like the time trial start I don't know why we started like that but so when you cross the finish line you didn't know if you actually won right so it was not like you didn't feel this elation like cross <laughs> the finish line you were like waiting to see so I won that one but I didn't get to hold up a banner so sad and um so yeah then like my next race it was uh, a half Ironman in Ecuador right I think in like 2019 or something or 2018 maybe it was a couple years ago um, yeah yeah so yeah it, it was quite a long time um but I don't know I guess I just I still don't feel like I'm the best triathlete that I can be and so that's kind of what keeps me going and even during I mean during this time when I feel like I'm doing nothing with my life um I, you know I get down and I'm like well do I even want to race because it's hard without races to like be motivated but um you know I'm in this to become the best triathlete that I can be and I still think I have potential and so you know I still want to get out there and race and um yeah. So, so, so you see. finally got to lift a banner up after like, what, eight years of racing? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, you know, you just have to stick with it, people. There you go, guys. <laughs> just stick with it and eventually. Well, I mean, I think people think like, I don't know, success just comes so quickly. And while it does for some people, most people it doesn't. I mean, I really think, especially in triathlon, when you can continue to get better at an older age, like you see women at 40 still absolutely right. kicking ass. I mean, I'm 35 and while I'm getting older, <laughs> I still feel like I have some good years ahead of me. That's good. I'm also 35 and I would like to think that. So. Yes, thank you. God. Now, while everyone wants us just to make some babies, it's, you know, okay. people. I feel like that's too. like a whole nother topic here. Oh my God, I know, right? <laughs> Like, I'm not too old yet. <laughs> There's still time. Still time. Oh, man. So what are you when you're looking forward to, you know, to those next few years, if there's still time? What are you kind of seeing as your goals, as your things you're going to work on? You know what I mean? Like, what do you how do you think you're going to keep progressing? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I'll be honest, like I told Julie last year, all right, let's do like two years, just all in, let's do this, and then I'll probably start a family, and then if I come back, great. Now COVID, I'm like, okay, well, do I do another two years, like all in? I still think I'm young enough to like start a family then. So, you know, I still feel like I want another couple of years all in, um, hoping to, you know, just get my run better. Like mm-hmm. I would love to be able to run like a 310, 315 instead of 320s and 330s right. and, you know, have like a marathon that I can be proud of. And, um, you know, that's definitely a huge goal of mine and to do well at Kona. Like, while I understand that's not everyone's goal, like, I don't know, for me, I want to do well at the world championships. And, um, that's kind of what gets me excited and still focusing on Ironman, like half Ironmans, I guess, don't excite me too much. I don't know why. Um, maybe cause one year I did like 10, that's, that's all I did. And it was, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's something about Ironmans. You show up at the start line. It's just, I don't know. It's a different feeling I feel like, but, um, yeah, it's we'll a production. See. And then maybe sure. it is, it is. Um, but it's also a lot more pressure, right? Like so much goes into doing well at an Ironman. And when it goes to shit, like, well, it sucks. Cause you still have to take like a month break or a couple week break. And, um, cause it is, it's really hard on your body. Right. Right. So, right. Um, um, yeah, so there's yeah, like we'll a truck see. outside. Hopefully it's sorry guys. Sorry. There's like a truck going by. <laughs> It's okay. But so you're so you're trying to see kind of you still want to improve your run. Uh you should probably work on descending. You're gonna do that. <laughs> I think so. Okay. I'll try. Before winter comes, I will I'll try to go up the mountain that everyone goes up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and then um do you have a spot for Kona for Feb- the February Kona yet? No. No, I don't. So who knows on that one? I mean, do you knows? think February Kona will happen? Nice. I like that you're it's asking honest. me this on air. What do I think is going to happen? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank I you. Mean, I don't see how it can happen. I, I mean... am. I I have my doubt for sure. I think the biggest yeah. thing. I think we all have to move forward like it is happening. I think Iron Man intends for it to yeah. happen for sure. I think the biggest oh, yeah. question and is when you hear the mayor of Kona talk, which we did a story <sighs> quoting him, and he's like, "I don't know. Like we're going to have yeah. to see because." They still have a 14-day quarantine for people coming to right. the island. And we can't yeah. really have Kona with a 14-day quarantine. Right, right. It would be weird. No, for sure. So Yeah, and I I mean, those are my thoughts exactly. Like, I mean, I 100% believe that Iron Man is doing everything they can to put on races. Like, yeah. I know that. Um, and while having Kona in February would, I think, be awesome. Just something for everyone to look forward to and try to get to. Um yeah, I have no idea how that would look if it happens because, well, I mean, I don't know what Ironmans are going to end up happening. This like, fall, no, I, I was I was getting all excited for Chattanooga and then that got off the calendar and I'm like, all right. That got canceled. i sorry, Utah people. I don't see St. George happening in eight weeks. Um, so then that, I think the only other one is Texas then in October. In the maybe? U.S. And then you have the whole other factor. Yeah. I mean, Arizona's still on the calendar, but I think you have the whole other factor then of U.S. people like can't really travel outside the U.S. right now. People can't really travel into the U.S. So it's like, what is happening with that? I don't know. Yeah. I saw yeah, a map of like where our passports can get us now. And it's like two countries. Like we can't go anywhere. So what What are the two countries? <laughs> I think there was somewhere in Africa and somewhere go? in South America. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I unfortunately am a dumbass and I did not realize my passport was expiring in August. So COVID happens and I'm like, oh, well, I should send in my passport because it's going to expire. Sent it in in March. Still don't have it back. So, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of glad in a way that hopefully there aren't races that I could travel to because I don't see me being able to travel. Because you're like, not going to be a problem. Can't travel anyway. There you go. Perfect. I don't know. Maybe it'll show up one day, hopefully. Um, Okay, so you don't have a spot for Kona February if it happens, and we're not sure because you're going to do St. George, but you don't know. So you're just kind of in the same boat everyone is where we're all like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We're just going to see. for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I will 100% if an Ironman happens that I can You're like, I will be there. (laughs) I mean, I'll be there. Why not, right? I can't, I don't know what shape I'll be in, but it'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, okay. And then Um, then you're like, big picture down the road, though, obviously, with your two-year pre-baby plan is like all in Kona next year, Kona the year after. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Um, You know, I still do enjoy it and love it and want to improve. So keep trucking away. And um, yeah, then hopefully, you know, pop out a baby, maybe come back. Maybe come back. (laughs) Pull like a a Carolyn (laughs) Stefan or a Meredith Kessler. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I don't think, I don't know what my body will do, but um, I just, I truly think it's amazing that women can come back so quickly and then be stronger than ever. Like, it's right. amazing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, but I do think, one thing, um, I feel like Challenge Daytona might happen. Oh, yeah. No, it's. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, if they, like, pro-only race, they don't really have to shut anything down like roads or anything so i could see that one happening and you're gonna do that yeah i think everybody's good i think everyone has that on their calendar and uh i actually i did it the first year the inaugural year it was really really fun we got to like race around the racetrack it was super cool um true story like that only happened because we were waiting in the green room for hours while it was storming and andrew starkey like basically made us all take a vote and he wanted to just do laps around the track and so that's now that's what we do oh my gosh i didn't know that story that's amazing (laughs) so how long is each lap two and a half miles oh man that's a lot of laps yeah so it was like 15 laps two and a half miles like a Daytona How does distance. One count those laps. They had a guy with a card. If you get lapped, it gets a little confusing. I'm gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I don't know what's going on. But it's really fun though. And I do think that one will happen. And I think like all the pros are gonna show up to it because everybody's like kinda antsy, kind of fidgety. And exactly. uh, and I had somebody from Europe ask me why I thought Kona wasn't gonna happen, but Daytona was, and I was like, very different places. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So the island, I mean, just a little different. A little bit different. <laughs> I I don't think I'd want thousands of people coming to my island, but um who knows? Like maybe we'll I don't know if they can put on a smaller race if Iron Man would do it. Who knows? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Exactly. Um, like you said, you, you plan for it and Oh yeah, I think and everyone then, is starting. And then you have a huge letdown when it doesn't happen again. <laughs> I think everyone has started training again, though. I think that is like, at least like that's my sense is there was kind of a lull there, and now people are like, all right, well, I I should be ready if there's something. Like I should be ready in case. But that's an what's so called. hard, though, right? It's like we all thought maybe there'd be races, maybe August, September, October. So it's like, okay, let's train, let's get in shape, and then. Now that's not looking too likely. So you're like, well, but what if a race happens? So I feel like you have to be kind of just semi-fit, which is kind of annoying, right? You're like, I don't know. It's a very strange Being semi-fit time. is annoying. So what is semi-fit for you? Here's the question. You ready? How much do you swim, bike, and run each week? Like right now? Yeah, like right now. How much well, for... Many months I was doing, I would say more like the 12 to 15 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like this week is 17 hours. Uh, swimming is not too much. <laughs> um, swimming, yeah. It, swimming is hard for me to go do by myself. And oh, okay. without a race in sight, I can't say it's... Um, I'm very motivated to go swim. Like I went to the pool the other day and did a thousand and got out. Okay. So um, we're hoping, I'm trying to do 10K a week. And then biking, yeah, I guess that takes up probably the most hours. Um, And yeah, running, trying to work up. So yeah, four to five hours. Oh my God, now there's like like a a plane overhead. This is the worst podcast ever. No, it's not. All right. Well, I was um. There's no dogs or 
babies or I don't know. All right. So you're trying to swim 10K a week. Your biking is higher volume. And then obviously you're running. You're trying to work up to like five hours a week, as you said, because that's when you get hurt. But here's where I was going with this, because obviously as a swimmer, everyone always wants to know like, well, how much do the swimmers in triathlon swim? Like, should I be banging out? Someone once told me 5K a day keeps the slow away. Is that like normal? (laughs) I do not do to be clear, but... What is what is the swim routine of the good swimmers? Um, so like in race season right. when there's races, so I need to be motivated to swim. I mean, I do try and swim twenty k a week. Um, and like if I'm at camp, maybe I'll do like twenty five k a week. But and that's probably the lower end of some of Julie's athletes for swimming. Um, I think a lot of people who aren't swimmers are doing like 25 K every single week. And cause swimming is something that, you know, people just want to get better at, but they're not willing to put in the time. And unfortunately swimming is so technique based that you really do need to put in the time. And honestly, like this is a great, like a perfect opportunity for people to get in the pool and do drills and work on your stroke and, um, get like a good swim base so that when races do happen this winter, next spring, like you have a good, kind of base but i was gonna you know, ask you I what think- do you think are uh, see i was about to ask you what do you think are the common mistakes triathletes make in their swimming like in their training and their racing what do you see i think train i think most people don't swim enough I- for sure um and i don't know if it's because that's the most challenging for some people maybe they you know it's hard for them to swim so they're or maybe it's not as fun. Um, so I definitely encourage people like swimming is way more fun when you have a group. So joining a master's group, you know, having someone tell you what to work on. Cause right. there are, are so many, things, so many things. Um, yeah. So many things to think about all the time and just to like concentrate on one thing at a time. Cause you can't be like, Oh, I need to get my elbow up. Oh, I need to drop my hip. Oh, I need to do this. This like right. so many things, right? Um, unlike biking, I feel like you just kind of more go out and bike or, I don't know, it's different. Okay. Okay. So they need to do more people technique in racing. I feel like the most common people go out so hard in the swim. I do it all the time. One time I feel like in a race, I was on your feet and I was like, Oh, this is a mistake. Like I need to, I need to not be here. <laughs> I'm going to blow up. <laughs> I'm going to blow up. <laughs> so like, I feel like that's like a really common, what do you see as the common racing swim problems? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people get anxiety before mm-hmm. the swim start, which to be honest, like one reason why to get my pro card was so that I didn't have to start with a massive group because that made me so anxious. And so I always tell people like one at the start, if you are feeling really anxious, like go in the back, go off to the side. Like I always try and start on the side. I hate starting with people around me, (laughs) even like just the small group of pro women. Right. Um, so yeah, like that's, and then exactly like you said, like going your own speed. Now I realize, I think in the pro races, maybe it's a little bit different because you're trying to get in groups, you know, get on certain feet. But I think for age groupers, like go your own speed. I mean, and just do what you're, you're capable, capable of because, yeah, you don't want to be out there like having a turnover on your back because you can't catch air or, right. you know. Or just completely blowing up because it's not fun in the water, right? No, no. Have you ever had a panic attack in the water? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, there's definitely been a couple races where um, I've like got a bit petrified just because open water scares me. Like mm-hmm. I don't do it voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am a pool stick pool swimming um but man some races like when the waves are huge and you can't see anyone around you can't see buoys like it's kind of terrifying you like obviously you said alcatraz was kind of the one that inspired you did you ever go back and do it because that is one of those ones where you're out there and you're like um am i by myself yes i mean it's scary you have like big ships coming at you um i did i did that i did a few years um and then just because my parents live in the Bay still, so it was always a good excuse to fly out there and go do it. Um, and I remember last year, um, Gulf Coast, 70.3 Gulf Coast. Oh, yeah. 
the the waves were awful and i remember getting out of the water and just like literally putting my hands on my knees and like cool like that was like happy to get out of there i mean it's crazy you're like oh oh i don't know see no all right no it's good to know that like even the best swimmers still like struggle you're still like oh Oh, i might i might drown out here it's fine (laughs) well and that's why swimming is scary right like the bike you can stop pull over the run you can walk and stop swimming i mean yeah you have to keep going and get to the shore right so i mean i see why it it is definitely challenging for sure all right here's my so usually when we wrap up i've been asking people would you rathers and okay here's mine for you, you yeah ready? i heard yours from katie <laughs> that was me i know sometimes like, they're a little dark for people i'm sorry <laughs> i'm ready i'm ready all right mine's not this one's not dark for, but i would you rather have the fastest swim leg or the fastest run leg in a race um run because that would just be amazing <laughs> you're like <laughs> You're like, screw it. I could lose the swim for a change. I just want to run the fastest. Yeah. I mean, I think I've only passed like one person in my whole life on the runs. So. Oh, yeah. so to have the fastest run would be exciting. Because I feel like if I had a slow swim, but the fastest run and my bike was good, then I would probably have a good race. There you go. See? Great. Because like you said, the swim doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter, guys. Like, you just got to get through it. And there you go. Maybe that's why we don't need to so much. I don't know, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> We're contradicting our conversation about people swimming more. No, well, you need to swim more to get better. And obviously, the problem with the swim and triathlon is that you can't win it, but you can lose it, right? Like, you can no, just completely it's... blow it and, like, panic For and sure. all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, keep swimming, people. Keep swimming. We do not want anyone to drown. It would be terrible. I mean, it's summertime. It's nice out. Yeah, definitely nicer than swimming in the winter. I think that's true. That is definitely true. I guess it's winter in Australia. So never mind. I can't even say that it's summer. Summer in some of the world. In some of the world. Oh man, I feel like this conversation went wildly off track. But it was good to welcome. It was good to talk to you. Thank you so much for for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me and I hope you're enjoying Boulder. Thanks to Lauren and Guy and all of our staff for their help today. And thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. You don't want to miss our weekly episodes of the Triathlete Hour or our other podcasts that come out on the Triathlete Magazine feed. Keep listening and keep training.